0: We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every other Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, and more. College or NFL, whatever your flavor, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... There comes the rush, and here's the hit. Oh. Second down and ten. Yeah. Oh, what a hit. Him. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. They're tested. Somebody stop Here that. Man. Here comes- Jump Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mutes, and his co host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. It's Friday. That's right. And you know what that means. It's time for Sideline to Sideline the podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes. It's July 24th. And we got episode five, man. This is crazy. Um, about three months ago, I was approached by uh, an old friend, Akeem, man. Um, it's crazy because I had been talking about getting a podcast started and, and he made he made it happen, man. He just, he just kind of gave me the extra motivation and kind of direction I needed. And here we are, five episodes in. Um, I'm pretty happy with the results so far. Uh, you know, it's not all about the downloads and the clicks and the likes. It's just about me. Being on here, sharing my perspective, doing what I like to do, and that's talk football. So I'm glad you guys are downloading. I appreciate it, um, liking my page, liking my post, subscribing, downloading the podcast. I appreciate you guys very much. But uh, we got we got some 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 stuff to get to today. We um, I got a new little segment. I'm gonna start. It's called sideline to sideline. We just gonna start the show with some some news and notes, some quick little some hitters. Uh, where I give my perspective on some topics. So we're gonna start with that. And then we got our college football episode today. So this it's crazy because um, you know, Akeem's still still doing the the daddy thing. He just had a baby, so he's still off the shoot the show for a minute, but uh he'll be back. And then we got some other special guests coming up and some interviews that we're gonna be getting to. So I'm really excited about all those things. But uh we haven't had we haven't had a college football show yet. We talked about some rookies coming in last week, coming into the NFL, but this week I want to focus on on college football and we had some news over the past week or so uh, that came out that I wanted to get you. So, um, a couple of topics. I'm going to give you my top five rankings, and then we're going to talk about the fall of a major program um, that I see coming. So first, we're going to get to these these quick hitters, these sideline to sideline quick hitters. Uh, you know, this weekend it was crazy because the NFL, the NFLPA, has been like attacking the NFL for not. For not having COVID nineteen guidelines, and we saw this weekend where a number of NFL players uh, took to Twitter and social media to kind of voice their displeasure with with the NFL and wondering, hey, what what is this season going to look like, and and awaiting answers. And so, um, kind of led by JJ Watt, uh, Russell Wilson was in there, uh, Jarvis Landry. There was a lot of key you know key figures in the NFL that were they're voicing their opinions and. I think it's it's pushed the NFL to kind of move quickly. Um, I saw this morning um, that, or no, this wasn't this morning. This was um, this was earlier this week. I saw that the NFL proposed a one preseason game um, schedule, and that may or may not be passed by the time you know, you download this. But um, they went they moved off from two to one, and I just think that's funny. I think it's outrageous. Number one, I think. I mean, for years we've been talking about what the hell do we need preseason for? Um, it's just another way for owners to make money, and I get it. You know, some players want that warm up game or whatever, but these guys are athletes, man. They work all offseason, get their bodies in shape. And football is already a, a gruesome sport, and injuries happen all the time. So, um, if they're gonna if there's gonna be injuries and they're gonna happen regardless, let's make sure the games count. So, um, I'm all for the player side on this one. Let's get rid of the preseason let's move on to the regular season and get this thing started because uh who knows how long we'll actually have football around with um, with this pandemic still still lingering um, also Mark Davis, the owner of the new Las Vegas Raiders I still can't get used to that by the way it's Oakland Raiders for me um, they're still from the town <laughs> regardless of they, whether they move to Vegas or not um, it, it's going to be hard for me to kind of kind of adjust. Um, with that new Las Vegas thing. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, Mark Davis announced that he will not attend home games if uh, fans are not allowed in the stadium. So just shout out to Mark Davis for um, being with the fans. But looks like you're not going to any games either, buddy, because I I doubt we see fans there. Uh, It's just too crazy right now. I mean, you can't – if we want to have sports and we want things to come back and be – um, normal or as normal as possible, then we need to be vigilant in getting rid of this virus. And one of the ways is, man, look, football is, is cool on TV. It's okay to watch on TV. Um, and I, I'd rather have it on TV than not at all. So um, I'm okay with them not having fans in, in the meantime right now. Um, so Mark Davis, if you're not going to go to any, any of your home games, then hey, that's on you. Um, also, this week, the Chiefs and Texans rookies both reported um, on Monday. Um, so nothing's really changed. Like, they're, they're pushing for training camp dates. They're getting rookies in there. They're getting ready to get started up. Um, and I'm excited about that, man. We've been waiting a long time for football. And I don't know if it's just me or not, but this five months or six months or whatever it's been since this whole pandemic started has just made time go so slow. It seems like every day there's some – breaking news about some vaccine that didn't work or more numbers or testing, and it's just making this time go by so slow. This has been the longest off-season that I can remember. And then the big news over the past week or so, outside of the Washington Redskins now changing their name to the Washington, who knows, uh, Red Tails, Warriors, whatever, you know, name they come up with, um, but there was also some turmoil outside of the name change um, in the organization regarding some sexual harassment claims, uh, 15 prior employees. Um, they have the minority owners who are looking to sell their shares of the team. And, and Dan Snyder, man, I just I just want to say to Dan Snyder, he's been an owner that I have not been fond of for a long time. Um, I felt like he, he just hasn't put together winning team. Um he hasn't put together that organization in a way that I feel is um that I feel he could with with the resources that he has. And, and unfortunately a lot of times we see this in professional sports where certain owners are billionaires and they just don't have a clue. They don't have a clue what they're doing. They haven't brought in the right football people. Um, I don't know the last time the Redskins were relevant and I don't see them being relevant anytime soon. Um I know my my uh my co-host, Akeem, has made made it very clear that he's not a, f- a believer in Dwayne Haskins. And I'm still up in the air. You know, I got some reservations about him, but I do think he has talent. Um, so so we'll see. But I just think this this hot water that the Redskins are, are in now are just indicative of what they've been over the past, honestly, over the past 20 years. It's just been, it's been, it's been bad. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. And it's unfortunate because I really do like Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is a, a good coach. I think he's very good with the players. And I think he can win. I mean, look what he did with Carolina. And they, they didn't have a whole lot of talent, especially on the offensive offensive side of the ball, except for Cam um during that Super Bowl run. So, um and Greg Olson, obviously. They had, you know, they had I mean they had good players, but it wasn't like they were some powerhouse. Um, they were built on defense and they just they were solid. And he's always he's always been a head coach that I've liked. So Hopefully he he can change the culture there. And he's made a statement saying that he's going to do that. Um, so I look forward to those changes, but in the meantime, um, I'm interested to see what the league does about Daniel Snyder and what kind of what kind of penalties they bring down on, on the Redskins for all that's going on over there. So that's it. That's pretty much all the quick hitters news and notes I have over this past week or so. Um, uh, but as I mentioned, man, we, we're going to talk about this college football today and, um, Regardless of what's happening in the world, um, I, f- I feel like it's important to continue to talk about sports and be optimistic that we're gonna have sports. I know baseball's supposed to start up, um, basketball's coming back. I mean, we got a lot of things that are that are happening um, this week, and I'm excited. So I'm excited for for those sports, but I'm also excited for the the opportunity to talk about some college football. And just over the past week, um, we've seen uh, a number of conferences, um, uh, decide to go ahead and suspend or cancel, uh, fall sports. And you know, I'm hoping this doesn't bleed over into the, the major conferences, at least the Power Five. Um, we saw the, the Ivy League, went ahead and canceled all of its fall sports. We saw the Atlantic Ten and the NEAC, the Northeastern Athletic Coast Con- or the Athletic Conference. Um, postponed there. So there's a chance that they could still play, but they've kind of just postponed it to see if things get better um, as we head into the fall and winter. And then we had the suspension of fall sports from three conferences. That was the CCC, that's the Commonwealth, um, Conference, Coast Co- Commonwealth Coast Conference, the ECC, the East Coast Conference, and then the CAA, which is the Colonial Athletic Association. So those colleges have all Suspended their fall sports. Um, a lot of them are looking to the winter, to bring back their athletic programs. Uh, but who knows if we're even, if we're even going to make it, um, to that to that point. I mean, there's there's no telling what could happen between now and December. Um, who knows if this pandemic is going to continue to get worse before it gets better. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of unsure. Um, individuals within the NCAA as far as um, what that's going to look like come January. And then we have the Big Five. Um, Both the Big Ten and Pac-12 announced that they're going to do a conference-only schedule. And I found this to be interesting because how is that going to impact the college football playoffs if they actually do play games? So you have some conferences that might be playing a full schedule, and then you have other conferences that are only playing a conference schedule. Um, So when you're the playoff committee, how are you ranking those teams? Um, What kind of components are you looking at to to develop those rankings? And how is that going to impact the way the playoff picture looks? And so I find that to be interesting, which is another reason why I think the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are still trying to find a way to play a full season, um, to play a full schedule. Um, Knowing the SEC, they have powerhouse contenders usually. Um, I think they want to make sure that they're represented in the college football playoffs and that this isn't used to to kind of downplay their their relevance or their ability as a program. So um, I find that I find that to be very interesting. And then obviously the ACC, you have um, Clemson, who's considered a favorite. I'm sure they want to get a full season in because they they feel like they have national championship written all over. So we'll see, man. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna definitely be interesting as we move forward over the next couple of weeks because I don't see a a scenario where college football starts on time, regardless of what these conferences do. Um, I don't even know how much work they've been actually getting in. I, I don't see co- college football starting week one when it's supposed to start. Um, I can see them pushing it back uh, further into the fall. And I believe some programs. Or some conferences have already made it clear that that it won't start until um, late September or even into October. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be something to watch. Um, we'll have to keep our eyes on it, and then um, we'll update you as as things come out. Obviously, um, news comes out, things change. Um, we'll see where it goes from here. But enough of all that you know. Red tape is football happening or not? We got to be optimistic. Football is going to happen. I'm just going to say it right now. We 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 can't have twenty twenty without football. You know, what I'm saying I, I just if this sport is it, it's it's so big, especially in in America. Um, I can't imagine the networks and what they're going through. Like they're, I'm sure they're chomping at the bits to make sure football is put on TV. Um, and I know we're all waiting. I know we're all waiting. We can't have, we can't go through fall of twenty twenty not have football. Fantasy football players, just passionate football fans, or even casual fans that just like to hate on the NFL or hate on college football. We, we got to have football. So we're going to be optimistic. We're going to have a season. It's going to start with college. So we're going to get into it. Um, we're going to talk about my top five teams this year. And I, I'm telling you right now, if you want to have a conversation with me after this, um, feel free. You guys have my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook. Most of you know my phone number. Uh, call me, text me, and we can have a conversation about it because I'm going to surprise some people. I'm probably going to piss some people off. Um, but I'm going to tell you why. And and we're going to we're going to go into it and I'm going to tell you why all of you are wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm not, I mean, I'm going to tell you why you're all wrong. Everybody's going to pick Alabama, I know, but we I'm going to tell you why you're all wrong. Um to start it off, we'll go we'll go 1 to 5 because I think 1 and 2 are probably teams that everybody has on their list. Um, I'm not gonna put these in any particular order, but these are my top five teams. The reason I'm not gonna put them in any orders because later uh, down the road I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my national champion. I'm gonna pick my college playoff football teams, and we're gonna have you know break it down that way. So right now I'm just gonna give you my top five teams headed into 2020, and we're gonna start obviously with with one of the obvious ones, and that's Clemson. Um, I mean, not much to say about Clemson. Trevor Lawrence. That's all you need to say. Um, I know there's some non-believers about Trevor Lawrence out there, but, but Mr. Sunshine, that's right, Sunshine, that's what I call him. He looks just like uh, Sunshine off of <laughs> Remember the Titans. His, um, he's a game changer, man. That dude is big, strong, fast, can throw the football. Um, he's a player. I don't care what anybody says, that man's going to do do some work again this year. Uh, probably Heisman Trophy candidate. Might be the favorite. Um, so he's, he's, he's going to take Clemson where they need to go. Um, I don't see a college football playoff without them in it. There's no way you could have a top five ranking this year heading into the season and not have Clemson in it, especially after what they did last year. Uh, they're only getting better. So Clemson is in my top five. The second team that I think everybody probably has in their top five, and if they don't, they haven't been watching football um, or at least college football, and that's the Ohio State University. Um, I know they lost J.K. Dobbins. But what what they've been doing in Ohio State is, I mean, it's nothing short of remarkable. They're there every year. Obviously, the Big Ten is not what it used to be. Um, I think with Michigan kind of and what Harbaugh's doing there, it's like every year they want to talk about, oh, Michigan could be this, Michigan could be that, but they haven't been able to to get over the hump. Um, and then you got, obviously, another Heisman candidate in Justin Fields there. Um, and, and and Justin Fields is legit, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know I talk about Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields is, is legit, and he's going to have a long NFL career. Um, they, there's not much competition in the Big Ten. I mean, outside of Penn State, Who who else in the? I mean, we're not going to get anything from Northwestern or Iowa. They're always those teams. They might give you fits because of the way they play football, but as far as being a contender, there's nobody really that's messing with um, Ohio State. So, due to the lack of depth in the Big Ten, um, I don't see anybody really contending with Ohio State. And obviously, Michigan hasn't been able to beat Ohio State in years, so I don't see that happening either. So Ohio State also makes it up there. Um, plus, they always—I mean—they always put up. They always have a good defense. They always put out there a good defense, um, regardless of who, who the the, who's on the roster. I mean, their recruiting class is always solid, but they just always have a good defense. I can't remember the last time Ohio State's defense was like, man, this defense is trash. It's not like LSU, who went from. You know a defensive minded football team to this offensive powerhouse in a matter of a year and a half so um they just they always put together a solid defense and i like ryan day man i think ryan day is a hell of a coach um you know i'm not going to compare him to urban meyer or anything like that and, you know obviously urban meyer has a, a resume behind him uh, but ryan day's done a good job and i feel like he'll have them ready and and they'll be they'll definitely be a team in the top five and contending for for a national championship again Uh, Then we got LSU, the defending champs. Um, I'm a little torn with LSU, man, because they have, well, I mean, first of all, that was probably the greatest football team of all time. um, College football team, sorry. The greatest college football team of all time last year. I mean, just the most talented. It was, they had talent everywhere. Um, it's, It's part of the reason I don't like Joe Burrow in the NFL. I think that he was fortunate to go to LSU and go to that school and have just an unbelievable plethora of weapons to throw to, to block for him, to run, uh, to play defense. They, their, their team was loaded and you know, they, they are bringing back, um, they're, I mean, they're still bringing back talent. So I, and obviously Ed O'Dron is a, is a hell of a coach. I think that they'll, they'll defend their title with honor. I think that, you know, I don't think they're just going to lay down and let somebody come in and, um, and take their, take their crown. But I, I do worry about. Obviously, I worry about the quarterback position. Joe Burrow kind of fit nicely there. Um, we'll see what they do. Um, but I love I love Derek Stingley. I think I think Derek Stingley is going to be one of the better DBs um, in the country this year. Their defense should be better than it was last year. Um, just because they're going to be more experienced, they didn't lose a whole lot of of people, right? I mean, they, they did, but they didn't. Um, and then obviously they got a Heisman candidate of their own at the wide receiver position in Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is probably the best receiver in college football. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the top five to ten next year in the NFL draft. Dude is just a special talent. Um, I don't – I'm not sure um, if he's going to have the, the amount of production that I expect, mainly because – uh, again I still have questions about the quarterback position. But with him and obviously the the leadership of Ed O'Giran, I think they'll find I think they'll find ways to win games. Um obviously they play in the SEC, so it's gonna make it tough. Um but I, I, I still I still like them. I, I think it's gonna be hard for them to get pushed out of my top five. So so we have LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. I think those are pretty common amongst everybody. Uh, but my last two teams are really, 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 really what I want to get to because there's some sleepers, and they're, and they're maybe not sleepers, but they they had good seasons last year, but I think they're going to take the next step, and that next step is getting into the the playoff picture. Obviously, you know it's there's there's got to be four teams there, right? Every year it's always like Georgia or another SEC team. Everybody wants to talk about the SEC and. And what they bring to the table, but this year my sleeper team they they do they do come from the SEC, but it's not Alabama, you know. And and I know everybody's waiting for me to say Alabama. It's not Alabama. We're gonna talk about Alabama later, but it's the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators are going to be a top five team this year. That's right. Gator football is back. Remember the days of the Tim Tebows. You want to go further back than that. You know, my boy Emma Smith came from came from Florida. But I'm telling you right now, the Florida Gators are going to be a top five ranked team. They play, I mean, don't get me wrong, they play in the SEC, tough schedule. They play, they'll have to play LSU, they'll have to play Ole Miss, they'll have to play Georgia. Um, they'll have to play Tennessee. And I believe they go to at least three of them. They have to go to Tennessee this year. They have to go to Old Miss and they have to um oh no, I think they're at Vanderbilt this year. I think they get LSU and they get Georgia at home. And I think that's big. I think they win one of those games, probably lose one. I think they go I mean if they if they play a full schedule, I, I think they'll go eleven and one. I don't think they lose more than a game. And I know I know I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this because um, not having Alabama in the SEC, not having Alabama on your in your top five, um, but having Florida there, who hasn't really been much over the past you know few years, they haven't they haven't they haven't been much. Um, it, it's gonna cause a lot of controversy, but but Kyle Trask is is a decent, he's a good quarterback. I, I think that you know with him with him coming in, um, you know that they'll be better they'll be good um they'll be better than they were last year um he'll he'll improve um there's there's one thing that that I worry about with 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 Florida and that's that's their lack of explosive playmakers they just they really have over the past few years they haven't had them they they've just been lackluster on offense but they do. They've done a solid job of kind of building that recruiting class and coming into a a twenty twenty season. Where, I mean, who knows what these teams are going to be ready for? Like, how how much has their – how much are they actually prepared for? You know what I mean? So they're my sleeper team. I think they go eleven and one. Um, the defense will be good. The offense should be much improved. and And I'm interested to see kind of how. How Kyle Trask leads them, his his ability to kind of just grow as a leader um, is going to be important. Obviously, they play a tough schedule, but for the most part, I think I think they are the dark horse in the SEC. I think they could easily easily win um, the Eastern Division. Um, well, I mean, we'll see though. Like like I said, we'll see. Um, obviously, they got to contend with the LSU. But LSU has been. LSU has lost a lot of pieces. I mean, I know they're still one of the top loaded classes in in college football, but they've lost a lot of pieces. So, so we'll see. And then the last one I want to get to. My my favorite pick, um, the most important one. Um, I was a big, big Cam Newton fan when he attended here. So I kind of been following him since Cam Newton was there. I'm not. I'm not a really an Auburn fan, but. <clears throat> I did I did follow them while Ken was there, and I kind of stayed with them since, um, is the Auburn Tigers. And I know they're gonna, you guys are going to be like, man, why well, how you got so many SEC teams in the top five? Well, they play each other. And, you know, it's just kind of this um, unfortunate circumstance we're in this year. and um, past years is everybody likes the SEC, so they get an advantage when we talk about top five rankings and playoff teams. If you play in the SEC, you get an advantage. Now, I know everybody can't be in the top five from the SEC. But I really like uh, I really like Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is, is solid. And I think Bo Nix is gonna be um, somebody to watch. I love Seth Williams, wide receiver. He's he's legit, man. I'm telling you, he's he's legit. Dude is dude is 6'3, 210, and he's a stud. So with with Bo Nix and, and Seth Williams on the offensive end, um obviously the way they play, you know, Gus. Customers on is spread it out, um, you know, spread the ball around and let's move. And the way they play, it's it's fast paced I like that style of football, especially in today's today's football. It's uh it's becoming more and more popular. Um, obviously, the more possessions you have, the more opportunities you have to score. So I like what they're doing over there in Auburn. Um, and so I have them, I have them in my top five as well. And when we get to our show about about playoffs and national champions. I'll kind of I'll whittle those down to let you know who's kind of who's just on the outside looking in but are going to have good regular seasons and I, and I think that might be Auburn. Um, but you know one or two breaks, one or two good things happen and next thing you know they're staring at an undefeated season when they go to play Alabama and uh, who knows. All it takes is, is all it takes is one one Saturday. So those are my thoughts on the top 5 teams going into 2020. Obviously, you could put a couple of other teams in there, um, give or take. But if you want to talk some shit or you want to get on me about my teams, feel free. Uh, we can get into more detail about why. Um, offensive line stuff, you know, um, if you really, really want to go that route. If you really want to argue Alabama. If you really want to argue Georgia. If you really want to argue Oregon for all you Pac-12 guys. Yeah, just, you know, you know where I'm at. Um. All right, man. The The, <laughs> the thing I wanted to get to today is going to – it's something that I've been wanting to talk about, honestly, since since last year. And, and that's Nick Saban versus Dabo Sweeney. And, I mean, obviously two great head coaches, um, both highly successful. Both have taken teams to national championships over the few years. And I just want to talk about who would you rather play for? Who would I rather play for as an incoming recruit in 2020? And I find this to be, I use this example a lot when I talk to people. I use the example of the New England Patriots versus everybody else in the NFL. And the fact of the matter is, is Nick Saban is Bill Belichick. I mean, they're they're cut from the same cloth. You watch them on the sideline. You see the way they interact with their players. They're very, very similar. And then you get a guy like Dabo Sweeney, who's more like uh, Pete Carroll. Everything he says is right. He's, you know, he's always talking talking up his players. The players love him. You never hear his players say anything bad about him. Or he, he's, a, he's a player's coach. And I'm, I've argued this before. And don't get me wrong, Nick Saban's a winner. But so is Dabble Sweeney. Bill Belichick's a winner, but so is Pete Carroll. So when it comes down to it, as a player, where are you more likely to go? And I see I think this is what we've had happen over the past few years is people are starting to realize, man, why am I gonna go to Alabama and have to deal with this grind, this daily grind of that Nick Saban expects when I can go to Clemson and my coach is just gonna love me and he's gonna be playful and let me be me and let me do what I wanna do and, and still we can and still have the same result, we can win. And so I've I'm a believer in that today's athlete, and I'm just gonna say it—they're soft. Today's athletes—they're soft. Mentally, they want—they're they're looking for something different. And I call it soft because I'm from an old, you know, I played sports in a different generation, but it's just a different mentality. They want to build brands. They want to be themselves. They want to be extravagant. They want—they want to they be like pampered to and not talk to a certain way, like, that's the athlete of 2020. And Nick Saban is, has that old-school mentality. And Dabo Sweeney is more player-friendly, let them be who they want to be, and I'm still going to get the best out of you. So if I'm a college football incoming recruit, and I'm getting offers from Alabama, and I'm getting offers from Clemson, I'm probably taking a long look at Clemson. And if I like what I see, I'm probably going there over Alabama. And that's how I feel that the tides have shifted in college football. Um, it's not just because Alabama loses talent or Alabama hasn't been as good. Nick Saban's is the same coach. They still recruit. I mean, they're still going to get a good recruiting class. The difference is all these other schools, including Clemson, are getting players that want to be themselves and want a chance to be in the NFL and have a coach that's player like a player player's coach. And – Dabo Sweeney is just that. So I'm here to tell you right now, the Alabama reign of dominance is over. You're not going to see it again. They've dominated college football for the past 15, 20 years. It's not going to happen. You're you're now in the age of Clemson, Georgia, LSU, all these other programs that have these coaches that are just as as good, uh, that are bringing in these recruits, that want to play for coaches that are player-friendly, today's athlete-friendly, and can still let them go pro but also be themselves. And it's not just with college football. I see it in the NFL too. I see it with the Patriots. They're successful because they bring in guys that fall in line, but they don't have superstars because those superstars want to be themselves. So it's up to the coach to take the, that good talent and make it great. And so it's a grind every year. That's why it's a grind for Bill Belichick every year to win a title. That's why it's a grind for, for Nick Saban to win a title every year. It's because they're taking less talented athletes and they're having to do more with it. And now these other programs, um, like Clemson, are getting better athletes and they have a coach that is great. So those are going to be the teams that dominate. So for everybody that thinks the Alabama run is not over, I'm here to tell you it's over. And I'm not saying they're never going to win a title again. But the dominance of Alabama is over. It's over. They won't make the playoffs this year. I'm telling you that right now. They won't make the playoffs this year. They lost Tua. They won't make the playoffs this year. They got lucky. I mean, let's be honest. They got lucky with Tua. They fell into Tua. And unfortunately, you know, he hurt his hip. Never really came back Right. And now he's in the NFL. Alabama will not be in the playoffs this year. I don't know if I'm the first to say it, but you heard it here. They won't be in the playoffs this year. So, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I'm here. I'm just I'm just telling you, Dabo Sweeney, Ed Orgeron, these young I mean I won't say they're young. They're not young, but these up and coming um, great head coaches are are taking over the recruiting in college football and and i just see it's it's a changing of the guard so that that Alabama Alabama Dominance it's over all right man last thing we got to get to today is um, staying on topic obviously with the recruiting classes is the pay to play athletes you know the future recruiting in the NCAA is, is it's going to be interesting to see with this you know now they can get paid for their name and likeness and obviously the NCAA is loosening their restrictions because they're getting so much pressure and you're, what you're seeing is you're seeing athletes that are breaking rules and then we're finding out about it years later um, and then the, the, these programs are punished and the players already in the NFL are making money. So um, the system's always been flawed and obviously we're not trying to, I don't really want to have the debate about amateurism versus professionalism. Uh, the fact of the matter is that they are amateur athletes but it doesn't change the fact that you're making millions and billions of dollars off of it. And these, these students who are student athletes can barely afford food and, and whatever else in college. I was that college kid one time. Um, and it, it's, it's crazy. And so these, these programs are making all this money and these guys can't get anything out of it. So I'm glad that there's been legislation put forward in, in a number of states um, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects the recruiting. I do think that if you're a big school, you're still going to get recruits. I you know I think as much as kids want to quote unquote um, go to a certain prestige college, um, if they can go somewhere and make a little bit of money, that will that that will sway some of their decisions. But if you got programs like Alabama and LSU and Clemson and Ohio State, Michigan that that are offering some financial gain. I mean, players are still going to go there. They're going to look at the financial gain, and then they're also going to look at the fact that they can make a little bit of money. Or, I'm sorry, um, and the fact that they can win while making a little bit of money. Um, however, if these laws are not universal and it's state by state, um, I do think that could impact um, how we see college football. So if California passes that law that allows pay-to-play athletes, um But some of these other big schools and states that aren't allowing that, you could see an uptick in recruit recruiting classes for those California schools. So the USC's might be back um, to being relevant, UCLA, uh, Stanford, things like that. But again, we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. I'm just glad that they're actually taking a look at it. You have the only—I mean, what I see is the the big negative is obviously you have these little schools, these smaller conference schools that are going to struggle. Recruiting—if everybody's paying their athletes, right? Um, if I'm in the in the whack, and you know, no pun intended with the whack, um, and I'm a I'm a school that's not very good, or we can't recruit very well, and then you have all these schools now that can offer money, and I don't have any money to offer, or not enough, or, or any kind of financial gain, and we're not winning. Um, my talent then is even less than it was before, right? So um, that could cause a lot of these schools to either drop out of Division One, um, no longer have a program. Just I could see a lot of negatives that way, but I'm sure they'll work it out a way to, to make it you know a little bit more equal, while still maintaining the status of the Power Five things like that. I mean, we didn't even get into the fact of you know now these black colleges with all these athletes that want to stand up and do Black Lives Matter, and uh, we've seen it in basketball. A couple of kids are already going to commit to um black colleges um, I I don't know that would happen in football just because obviously those football programs aren't as um, in the in the light as as basketball is, especially with the black athletes um but who knows so so that could have an impact as well but I'm, I'm interested to see how how the paying of the athletes kind of works. Um, I would also like them to change the the eligibility for the NFL, but that's you know that's a different story for. Or a different topic for another day so so we'll see how that goes but um yeah man that's uh that's that's our time today we uh we five episodes in um, again shout out to my co-host Akeem for setting it up um, hope everything's good with you and the baby everybody follow my Instagram page it's aaron.mux m-e-a-u-x and then also my Twitter page um, I'm sorry. Instagram page is uh, sideline to sideline underscore podcast. Uh, my personal Instagram is Aaron and then our Twitter page is at S2 podcast. Um, again, I'm posting all the episode links. Um, you can check us out on Spotify. Um, just download, man. Just download and share my share my posts. If you get an opportunity, I appreciate the love and support. Um, I know it's just been me solo. We're gonna get some guests in here. We're gonna talk about some fantasy football. And a couple of interviews and stuff. And we're only going to get better. So um, we're learning on the fly. I appreciate all the love. And until next time, we out.